Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. Wrestling is sometimes called the oldest sport on earth. There's documentation taking it back at least 5,000 years. But it has multiple origins in multiple places, and Native Americans have their own historical ties. These days, wrestling is a preferred sport for many Native athletes. We'll find out the lure of wrestling, and what it takes to be a good wrestler, and its role in high school and college athletics. We're back right after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. A former National Chief of Canada's Assembly of First Nations says he believes the Pope will apologize for the church's role in the residential school system. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, Phil Fontaine says the expectation of an apology is very clear and strong. Phil Fontaine is in Rome as one of the delegates meeting with Pope Francis. Fontaine is also a residential school survivor. The Pope has already met with Inuit and Métis delegates. First Nations representatives will see him on Thursday at the Vatican. Fontaine was the national chief of the AFN from 1997 to 2000. He was also one of the first Indigenous leaders to speak out about the abuses Native children endured at residential schools. Fontaine says the expectation of an apology is high. Our hope is that he will apologize, that he will come to Canada to apologize. He's already made a commitment that he will, he will visit Canada. And so there is an expectation and hope that he will apologize in Canada on First Nations land. Fontaine also says one of the central issues to discuss in addition to the abuse at residential schools is the land that was taken from Indigenous people. He says the Catholic Church was complicit in that process and Native leaders want to be able to reclaim their lands. Fontaine adds that he's certain the Church will support that and go even further by playing a role in the economic development of Indigenous communities in much the same way that the U.S. did with the Marshall Plan in post-Second World War Europe. Fontaine was also part of the AFN delegation that met with Pope Benedict in Rome in 2009. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez, First Lady Fafilia Nez, and the Director of the Tribes Veterans Administration, James Zerlion, met with members of Congress in Washington, D.C. Tuesday to advocate for veterans. They're seeking support for the establishment of a Veterans Benefits Outreach Center and a veterans clinic to provide services closer to home for Navajo veterans. According to the tribe, there are more than 10,000 Navajo veterans. Leaders say the centers would also help with mental health services for those with PTSD and other needs. Prior to the Hill visits, the Navajo Nation issued a proclamation in honor of National Vietnam War Veterans Day. Nez, standing at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, honored all the tribe's veterans and then read the proclamation. And we thank you to uh, all our veterans. We want to say thank you to them for uh, serving. And we welcome you home, back to our homelands, because you sacrificed much. You protected uh, our freedoms as well as our way of life, our culture, our tradition, and our language, as we all know. Because if each and every one of you are veterans, we are able to do things here in this country that many other countries can't do. 
The proclamation called for flags on the Navajo Nation to be flown at half-staff on Tuesday in honor and remembrance of those who served in the Vietnam War. A rally was held in Dell City, Oklahoma on Tuesday in support of a Native American boy and his family after the boy's hair was cut without permission at Dell City Elementary School. The family of the student, who's a first grader, is not accepting the school district's response. The student's grandmother, Cheryl Garcia, told Fox 25 the teacher in the district are putting the blame on the first grader. Garcia says that's wrong. The Middell district is reportedly not publicly commenting on the incident because it involves other students, but shared its findings with the family. Those at the rally want more done by the district, including the teaching of Native American history. The student's family says the first grader will not be going back to school and will be homeschooled for now. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support from AmeriCorps. Members who serve in VISTA fight against poverty while earning money for college and gaining skills. Rewarding service opportunities are available in communities across America. Info at AmeriCorps.gov VISTA. Support by AARP. New help is available for those struggling to afford high-speed internet. Eligible households can get a discount of up to $75 per month for households on tribal land. Info at 833-511-0311. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The sport of amateur wrestling takes a specific set of skills. Agility, strength, fast thinking, and the ability to be physically creative in situations that are fluid. For some Native athletes, wrestling offers a chance to shine. And there are a number of Native wrestlers who have stood out in the high school and college ranks over the years. We have some outstanding wrestlers with us today to talk about the sport and what it means for Native young people. And there are Native families who have built legacies around wrestling for generations. Wrestling seasons are wrapping up all across the country, and wrestling teams are counting their wins and losses. As always, we'd like our audience to chime in. Any wrestlers, former wrestlers, coaches, or wrestling fans listening today, please join the conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. Joining us from Laramie, Wyoming, is Mark Branch. He's the head coach for the University of Wyoming wrestling team. He is from the Kaw Nation. Welcome to Native America Calling, Mark. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Joining us from Shawano, Wisconsin, is Kirk Barr. He's the dean of students and the outgoing wrestling coach at Menominee Indian High School. Welcome to Native America Calling as well, Kirk. Thank you for having me. With us now from Bixby, Oklahoma, is Zach Blankenship. He's a Bixby High School senior and an Oklahoma State University wrestling recruit. He's Cherokee and Navajo. Zach, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. And we also have Seth Duckworth. Duckworth. He covers wrestling and other sports for the Oklahoma State University Sports website, Pistols Firing. Seth is a citizen of the Muscogee Creek Nation. Welcome to Native America Calling, Seth. Hey, thanks for having me. 
start off with Mark Branch, Coach Branch, University of Wyoming. Uh, you've been a head coach, Mark, at Wyoming for 14 seasons. Before that, you coached at Oklahoma State, and OSU is also where you wrestled in college. You're a cowboy through and through, huh? <laughs> yeah, I haven't had to veer off very uh, far in the last uh, 20 plus years, so that's kind of been nice. <laughs> Just changed the colors a little bit, but kept the kept the kept the name, kept the mascot. Uh, in all seriously seriousness, though, Mark, you've enjoyed a spectacular career, both on and off the mat as a wrestler and a coach. And listeners, I want to take a moment to just acknowledge Mark's accomplishments in the sport of amateur wrestling and what a privilege it is to have him on our show today. He's a legend, a four-time collegiate All-American. Mark, you reached the finals of the NCAA wrestling tournament four times, which is something very, very few college wrestlers have ever accomplished. And you are a two-time NCAA champion. What got you into the sport of wrestling? Um, well, actually, uh, you know, it's my, my dad, um, was a, uh, basketball player at Oklahoma state university and he was about six, six. Um, I wasn't really your, your, uh, prototypical wrestling build from an early age. Uh, I was pretty tall and skinny and, and, uh, you know, wrestling at that time, I think was predominantly, um, dominated by shorter, stockier guys. And so it wasn't really in my, in my my dad's family tree, but my mother's family tree, her, both of her brothers actually uh, wrestled at Broken Arrow High School, um, Richard and, and Bill Kikabi, and they, uh, they got my older brother into the sport when he was pretty young, and, um, you know, he started when he, I think he was five or six, and that put me at, at two and three years old, so I, I instantly kind of became his, his workout partner when he would come home from practice and and want to show uh, my parents what he learned. So I kind of became a, a dummy. And uh, as soon as I was old enough at the age of five to, to sign up, I, I jumped on the sport immediately and, and really never looked back, even though I had a big pull for me to play basketball with my build. And I had a lot of people telling me I, I probably wasn't going to be a wrestler because of, of how I was built. But um, the sport really uh, triggered something in me at an early age. And, and I just loved the the individual aspect of it and being able to go out there and control my own destiny. So it's, it's been a sport that's been very great to me for, for uh, my entire life and, and uh, wouldn't have done it any other way. Where in Oklahoma did you grow up, Mark? Uh, Newkirk, Oklahoma, which is, um, you know, it's about 10 minutes uh, south of the Kansas border, um, just North central Oklahoma. And, and uh, the Caw nation is, is kind of headquartered, um, in Newkirk and also in Caw City, which is probably about um, 20 minutes away. And that's that's where my dad and his family grew up was in Caw City, uh, which was old Caw City and old Washunga were both um, both kind of removed because of the, the installation of Caw Lake. So uh, old Caw City is now under the lake. Uh, old Washunga is under the lake as well. And Washunga didn't didn't uh, end up moving to to become another city after the lake, but Caw City did. So it's kind of a, a lot of history there with the, the Caw tribe. Okay. Now, I understand you're a powwow dancer. Any similarities between powwow dancing and wrestling? Um, <laughs> yeah, I you know, I, I didn't do a lot of it. Um, I'm, my cousins were r really heavily involved, but I was always kind of at a young age 
um, my my mother thought it was important that my brother and I participated. And you know, I, to be honest, just um, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say there's necessarily a correlation, but we definitely learned to to kind of loosen up our bodies a little bit and and to be able to move freely and 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 try to stay with the beat of the drums. And and uh, you know, I I always still. Um, I made my kids when when we were when they were young start at an early age as well, and and I just thought it was important that they uh, participate in that part of our heritage. So it's it's uh, it's been a, a fond memory for for myself and my kids. Well, I know you, you know it, there's a there's a rhythm to powwow dancing, and there's a rhythm to wrestling too, right? So I would think there'd maybe be a little bit of overlap there. And and Mark, for our listeners who might not be familiar with wrestling, how is it different from other sports? And and what does it take to succeed as an amateur wrestler? Well, you know, I I like to think that that I was part of of um, a group that kind of helped loosen the definition of wrestling. And and uh, you know, like I said, I was very um, I, I was very unique and awkward in my style and in in my in my uh, build. And, you know, it, it became an advantage for me. And, and it certainly wrestling has proven over and over again that, that wrestling is a sport for, for people of all shapes and all sizes and all builds and all backgrounds. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that makes it the most unique sport. I mean, you, you understand that if, if you want to play collegiate basketball or you want to play, um, you think you might go into professional basketball, you better hope that you have the genetics and, and hopefully you're, you're, you know, six eight, six ten, seven foot, and, and and that's that's a very small part of the population. And and wrestling really has no restrictions when it comes to um, the diversity of people's backgrounds and their builds and their physical shape. I mean, we've seen Anthony Robles become a national champion with, and he was born with one leg. And um, you know, there's just so many great stories that I think make our sport great. And to me, it was always, um, like I said earlier, the the individual aspect of being able to, to kind of control your own destiny. And I love team sports. I played football. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Zach. I've watched him play football and he's an amazing athlete in football and wrestling, but there's only so much he can do on that football field to ensure victory. And he knows when he steps out on a wrestling mat, everything's in his control. And, and ultimately, um, you know, what you put into it, you get rewarded with. And, and uh, sometimes you can, you can work in those team sports as hard as you want and do everything. And yet um, at the end, you don't get the reward. And uh, we know that we can secure our own reward. And I, I I love that part about it. I love also just, you know, the, the physical aspect of the training and the discipline it takes. And then the hand to hand combat part of it. I mean, it's something that I'm not, I think a lot of wrestlers aren't necessarily like street fighters or want to fight, but also they love the part of wrestling that brings a combat of, of another person, your size, um, you know, and and your weight, and you're going to go and try to, try to submit them, try to, try to defeat them with your hands, with your legs, with your body. And, and um, to me, it was, it was the coolest part of wrestling when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Wyoming Wrestling competes in the Big 12 Conference, which is a really tough conference for wrestling. Do you have any native kids on your team now? Um, yeah, I do. And, and you know, I have, uh, I've, I've had some, matter of fact, Montori Bridges from Oklahoma, who, who just finished with uh, me uh, two years ago. 
um, and moved back home. And I think he's, he's coaching back home now. He was a native American. Um, I have a few that, that, uh, from up this way, which, you know, that's another great thing about, there's a lot of similarities between Oklahoma and Wyoming, but we, we definitely have a, a very, uh, large presence of, of native American tribes around the state. And, and so we have, um, several kids that, that also share that background and, um, you know, they're just, it, it's, it's a great, um, I think it's a great avenue for, for a lot of kids to make their dreams come true and, and maybe get a college scholarship like I did and, and be able to go out and, and, um, you know, nobody knew about me in high school and nobody, uh, you know, I mean, nobody knew who I was. And so I was able to go make a name for myself around the country in the sport of wrestling. And, and, you know, it was something that, that helped me, um, come from a very small town in Oklahoma and, and, uh, you know, have the opportunities that I've had to this day and, and being a head coach here is, is obviously a result of that. Well, folks, we are listening to head wrestling coach at the University of Wyoming, Mark Branch, a four-time collegiate All-American at Oklahoma State University. We're talking wrestling, and we've got wrestling coaches. We've got current wrestler on the show today. We've got a, a wrestling reporter who covers the sport uh, for Oklahoma State University as well. So wonderful conversation just now getting started. So give us a holler if you've got any questions or comments for our guest today, anything related to wrestling, you know the number, 1-800-996-2848. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. You're listening to Native America Calling, and we're going to be back right after this break. Migrant farm workers are a big part of keeping this country's agricultural economy moving. They're among the thousands of people who follow the harvest schedule, putting in long hours to make sure fresh produce makes its way to your table. We'll discuss the role indigenous workers play in the system on the next Native America Calling. Program support from AmeriCorps. AmeriCorps members who serve in VISTA make a difference in the fight against poverty while earning money for college and gaining valuable skills. Rewarding service opportunities are available across America, focusing on economic opportunity, healthy futures, education, and more. It will change your life and the lives of others. Information at A-M-E-R-I-C-O-R-P-S dot G-O-V slash V-I-S-T-A. Thanks for tuning in to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking amateur wrestling today, not pro wrestling, amateur wrestling. And the sport has its own place in high school and colleges. And it's a sport that many Native athletes excel at. If you've got a question or comment for one of our guests, give us a holler, 1-800-996-2848. And we, in fact, have a caller on the line right now. We have Clifton. He is listening on KUNM in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Clifton, you're on Native America Calling. 
Thanks for doing a show about wrestling. Uh, I wrestled in school, and I have to say that if I have any discipline, it came from uh, wrestling. Uh, And I wanted to comment on the young man's uh, comment about the individual nature of wrestling. You know, it's just you and the other guys, so it's really on you if you want to do it. Uh, And I wanted to ask, uh, you know, one of the other things I learned in wrestling is that uh, small guys are really fast and big guys are really strong. And I was just going to ask sort of the experience of what you learn about other people when you're wrestling. Thank you. Thank you for that comment, Clifton. And Mark, can you comment on that with regard to wrestling people of different sizes, different challenges there on the mat? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I was, like I said, I was always a, a tall, skinny guy, so I was a good head above most of my competition. Um, but they were so strong sometimes, and, and especially when I got into college and it, it, it became, um, you know, a, a sport of two grown men out there. And, and uh, most of the time I'm, I'm you know, face-to-face with a guy that, in the weight room um, would just run circles around me. I mean, it would be embarrassing if we, if we, if we put weights on a bar and, and lifted in front of each other, I would be really uh, ashamed and embarrassed. And yet um, I could neutralize some of that strength with my leverage. I could neutral, neutralize that often with my conditioning. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different aspects of, um, you know, strength is so important, but it's strength in different ways, you know? And like I said, there's, there's strength and leverage. Um, I grew up working my, you know, as a, as a kid, I was, I was always um, pretty much working and, and all through high school, I hauled hay. And so I was grabbing a hundred pound hay bells and slinging them. And it wasn't from strength. It was, it was using my, my motion and, and my entire body. Uh, but it also was de- developing grip strength. And that became important in wrestling for me. Um, you know, I could grab a hold of a guy's arm and he may have, you know, his, his arms or biceps may be three times bigger than mine, but I could control his whole arm with my grip. And, you know, I think that's, that's the, that's the uniqueness again. And, and wrestling's not a sport for, you know, a cookie cutter profile. And, and uh, the people that are successful find a way to make their strengths work for them. And, and they figure out how to utilize, um, you know, all the things that are important, whether it's flexibility, agility, um, speed, power, strength, um, you know, all, all those things are important. So it's that combination, I think, that makes the greatest wrestlers. Okay. Mark, thank you again for that background. And, and let's bring our next guest into the conversation, Kirk Bargan. He is a high school wrestling coach up in Wisconsin. And uh, Kirk, um, you know, Mark's talking about how uh, different body types can thrive in the sport. It, it really seems like wrestling is a sport that, that so many people can excel at if they just put the time and effort in. And I know you've talked with our producers and, and shared that sometimes kids that don't really fit in with other sports thrive in wrestling. Why is that? Well, there's a, it's, it's a sport for all sizes, you know? And I mean, when I first got to Menominee and started coaching, wrestling was not popular at all. I'm, I think there was one state qualifier and uh, the team hadn't had a win in like 13 years <laughs> And basketball was the sport at the school. And I remember going to a few basketball games. And, I mean, my first state qualifier was got to play 15 seconds in the game. As a, as a freshman, he was six foot five, uh, 260 pounds. And he only got in for 15 seconds. <laughs> and I, I, I just remember talking to him. I mean, I wasn't trying to, you know, steal him from the basketball coach. But I talked to the coach, and I was like, what is this kid doing? He's huge. Let's get him out. 
And he's like, you can have him. And, you know, a couple of years later, he was a state qualifier and a three-time sectional qualifier. And um, he he got to, you know, he got to wrestle. He didn't have to sit the bench. <laughs> um, and that's kind of one of my recruiting things. We are going to get you matches if you are not, you know, if you if you enjoy sitting the bench on some of the te- other teams, that's fine. Then sit the bench. But we're going to you're going to get matches, whether it be JV or varsity. (laughs) Well, Kirk, you mentioned that that wrestling was not popular there at Menominee High School when you started, and you've coached now over 20 years. Is the sport more popular now? How does the community embrace uh, the wrestling team? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, basketball is still, it's still a very popular sport, but uh, we've, we've became one of the biggest winning sports at the school now. Um, I think I ended the my uh, wrestling career this year with uh, 145 dual meet wins, and I mean we're we're not a powerhouse, but we're respectable. Let's put it that way, and uh, that's what. And and honestly, I, I'll have to say even when we talk to some of the administration and the the families and stuff, our wrestlers are are gentlemen, you know, and uh, I we we get a lot of the kids that. Uh, you know, some of the rougher families and some of the kids that were in some trouble in their day and we teach them some self-discipline and, um, it's, it's turned out really well. Um, we're, we're known a little bit more around the state. We're not the stomping mat anymore when we, like we were (laughs) when we first started walking in the gyms. So, Congratulations on on a, a wonderful coaching career there, and, and congratulations with all the success that you've had with your wrestlers. And I understand that uh, for your final dual meet, you had fifty of your former wrestlers show up. Is it common for wrestlers and coaches to keep in touch even after they're done wrestling? You know, some of the guys um, we we probably haven't kept in touch, but we know we're always there for each other. Um, and it was, I put it out there that this was my last match at Menominee and, um, and I, it was a surprise to me how many kids showed up, but it was great. We had, we had representation from every team I've coached for the last 20, 21 years now. So it was great. (laughs) Now, um, Kirk, obviously, you know, not every wrestler is going to have the success of, of, of Mark Branch or Zach Blankenship, who we're going to talk with shortly. But even for kids that that aren't superstars and don't win state championships and maybe don't go on to wrestling college, what what does the sport give to to people like that? Just who have a a fleeting experience wrestling, maybe a couple of years in high school or something like that. Well, you know, one of the things that I've always, I guess, even when I wrestled back in high school, is it it brought a sense of family. Some of these kids don't have the greatest families, but they know once they're in our wrestling, they, they're going to have some brothers next to them forever. Um, I think one of the things that I told my kids from this year, I said on that last match, I said, you see all these guys that are here and some of the girls, I was, uh, I was like, now they know that you wrestle also. And they're, they, they know you now you're a wrestler. You're in their fraternity. And I think it gives a sense of family to a lot of the kids. Um, also, I was a special ed teacher for 19 years, and a lot of the kids that wrestled for me, um, some, you know, they had EBD. They were they got mad. They were mad at the world. They were mad at a lot of things. And, it, and wrestling taught them to control their anger. 
you can go out and wrestle, but you're not going to fight these kids afterwards. You know, <laughs> you're going to shake their hand if you win or lose. And that's one of the greatest things I love about wrestling. Um, I I try to tell the parents, you know, because parents think that everyone should get a D1 scholarship now. And I'm like, I, I don't care. I just want them to go and get a job. I, you know what I mean? And And it's great for the kids that are, that are working hard to get that D1 scholarship and, but not many people get D1 scholarships and parents right. need to realize that too. But as long as they can look back at their years at that high school sport and have great memories and hold their heads high, that's what I look for. Right. Certainly. And, and I'm glad you mentioned uh, women's wrestling now because it's not just a fraternity anymore, but it's also a sorority because uh, women's wrestling, girls wrestling is blowing up all over the country, high school teams, even some college teams. So it's wonderful to see that as well. We've got another caller on the line, Jesse, listening on KOHN in Tucson, Arizona. Jesse, you're on Native America Calling. Yeah, good, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning to everyone who's listening out there. Thank you all for taking the time and giving me this opportunity. You know, I'm working out here in the middle of cells. I'm about 200 miles in the middle of the desert, and I got this radio station, and the first thing that comes on is wrestling. Um, one of the things that caught my ear was that you guys have younger gentlemen on the line that are currently wrestling, that are currently in high school. And what I wanted to mention was, man, you know, take this opportunity be the best man that you can be when you walk on that mat. Represent yourself, represent your family, and represent your, your school colors. You know, that's the best opportunity, and wrestling does that. You know, you can be a football player, but you got to put on a helmet. No one recognizes you except for your number and your last name. But out there, it's a one-on-one thing, and you guys can shake hands. Like you said, you earn that man's respect if you, if you beat him on the mat. It has driven me to realize this as a young man, that wrestling has brought me the opportunity to get outside of the reservation. It's very difficult here in Tucson. In, in the, I'm a product of, of gangs. You know, in, in junior high, gangs hit our reservation like fire. I had to choose over my neighbors and the people who lived across the street from me, and that was very different from me. And I, and I found wrestling to take me out of that. It gave me that opportunity to see the city and meet other people that weren't doing negative things. Because I did that, that gave me the opportunity to go to the Marines and service my country. Things that I would have never imagined of done doing. Uh-huh. It just hit me in the heart. You know, it hits me in the heart. I, I, I praise you guys. All I wanted to say was congratulations to, to you young gentlemen out there getting it done on the mat. You know, I don't really have a lot of time on me to, to explain the detail, but wrestling sure, has sure. given me a life, a life. I appreciate wrestling. Well, Jesse, we appreciate you and, and that those comments, really, really warm words. And let's go ahead and talk to to one of these active wrestlers that we have on the show right now, Zach Blankenship. And Zach, first off, I want to congratulate you on another great wrestling season. And you just wrapped up an amazing high school career. Last month, you won your third Oklahoma High School State Championship. I'm thinking you probably won, won a fourth if COVID hadn't gotten the way. But But great job, Zach. Awesome. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I actually, uh, uh, my sophomore year, I didn't finish the season due to an injury. 
Um, and we actually got to finish the Oklahoma finish their season despite COVID, but yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Three-time state champ. What's your weight class, Zach? Uh, I wrestled at 132 this year. And when did you start wrestling? Um, I started wrestling uh, when I was six. Six years old. And I read that your mom wasn't wild about having you wrestle in the beginning. Why was that? Um, you know, uh, my family has never really been around it. Uh, my dad uh, played football at NSU in, in Tahlequah. Um, you know, he, he never wrestled and, um, she just really wasn't familiar with it. Uh, um, and I, I don't think she really knew what it was. She was probably thinking it was more like a WWE type, but, um, yeah, I, I, she just really didn't know what it was. Does she still feel that way or is she supportive now of your wrestling? Oh, she's super supportive. Um, she actually, uh, she, it's hard for her to watch me wrestle though. She gets a little too anxious, uh. But, uh, you know, she supports me and comes and watches everything I do. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about your mom, because I noticed that her name is Povey. And I know Povey is, it's not a Cherokee name. That's not a Navajo name. So um, do you have some, some Pueblo roots there, Zach? Uh, yeah. So my uh, my grandpa, Kiyazi, he uh, grew up in a uh, Pueblo tribe in Arizona. You know, and he uh-huh. uh, met my, gran- my grandma and found his way to Oklahoma uh, and yeah, he named my mom Povey, which is uh means flower, and then her maiden name Yazi means little, so it's little flower, which is which is pretty cool. Awesome. Well, it's great to know you have those uh, southwestern roots as well as the Oklahoma Oklahoma blood. Zach, when did you realize you had this special talent for the sport of wrestling? Um, you know, my first year, I you know I had a pretty good year, and uh, I, I continued and um uh went into club wrestling with uh, Shane Roller. And uh, found success after uh, after some time. And by the time high school hit, I was nationally ranked in junior high, and uh, I was able to win um, state my freshman year, and uh, kind of gained a little following. And now we're here. And just took off from there. Wow. We've got another caller on the phone. Her name is Victoria. She's listening on KUNM in Edgewood, New Mexico. Victoria, you're on Native America calling. Yes, good afternoon here. Hey, um, I absolutely love wrestling. Our family's been heavily involved in wrestling, starting with my grandfather back in the 1930s, who also wrestled for um, Oregon State University. Um, When he was there, he actually had a chance to go to the Olympic trials, but unfortunately, as a grass seed farmer, he was too poor to even travel to go do that. But... um, my brothers wrestled, both his son and his daughter. And at that time, they didn't have girls' teams. And she was one tough little cookie, I tell you. Um, my son wrestled for seven years, and it was just really good for him, you know, as an individual. And it, you can do your best. But then you've got the whole team, and you've got that support of the team. I just saw all these boys and the girls that were on that team, too. Um, They just had great sportsmanship, and the coach was really encouraging them also to do their schoolwork. And if they were struggling, he would actually still have them come to practice um, and do their schoolwork. And so he kind of held them accountable. And I just saw all these young people go on, including my son, just do, you know, great in whatever career that they aspired to. They just learn so much from all that you know, hard work 
and all the dedication and discipline that it enforced. So I I wish in my era I could have wrestled as a woman. It would have been right up my alley. So <laughs> I, was a, I was a swimmer, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Victoria. Well, thank you so much for those comments. And Zach, I know in Bixby you've also got a girls wrestling team, and I think they had a state champ this year. Do the boys and girls teams, uh, the wrestling teams, support each other there at Bixby High School? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we had a new new coaching staff this year with uh, Ray Blake as our coach and uh, Coach um uh coach evans uh, evans as our um girls coach and he they both did a great job and you know um you were really wouldn't know uh which coach is which because they both help out with uh with both and um yeah we had a, a girl state champion uh Jaden roller at 100 pounds uh which was awesome really awesome we are talking with Zach Blankenship, a three-time State of Oklahoma High School wrestling champion, soon to be an Oklahoma State cowboy, taking his skills to the next level there in college. We're talking wrestling, amateur wrestling. The number to call with a question or comment is 1-800-996-2848. You're listening to Native America Calling, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Support for this program provided by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, the collective spirit and unifying voice of 37 tribal colleges and universities. For over 45 years, AHEC has worked to ensure that tribal sovereignty is recognized and respected and that tribal colleges and universities are included in this nation's higher education system. Information on a tribal college or university near you at AIHEC.org. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce, and there's still time to get in on today's conversation about the sport of amateur wrestling. Is it a sport that you know something about? Call in, join our conversation, 1-800-996-2848. That's 1-800-99-NATIVE. We've got a caller on the line, Michael. He's listening on KUNM in Jemez Pueblo, New Mexico. Michael, you're on Native America Calling. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Yeah, there's some great comments. And uh, I, as soon as I heard the word wrestling, I was thinking of the Roman times and the, uh, where the Olympics started. And also, all indigenous cultures have a warrior society. And a lot of that, lot of, well, back in the day, a lot of it was uh, a warrior was a wrestling because wrestling is like, I liken it to a chess game where you're, you're, you're just trying to figure out your opponent's moves, you're trying to counter, you're trying to, and all that mentality is, it's geared toward a battle, uh, a battlefield or battle. And also, you know, it's like, I also liken it to belonging to the Gord Society. You know, all indigenous uh, tribes have a warrior society. And a big one in the, a big one in the South is, is the Gord Society with all the veterans and, and also different degrees of, of belonging and, uh, and ranking, just like they did and had in the military. And it's, 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 it's awesome when you think about the, the where, where the roots of 
of it is. And also, uh, when you, if you get a hold of the Navajo Times sports section, it seems that the Navajo women have really excelled in wrestling. And you you see the pictures, you say, oh, shoot, I don't want to tangle with this lady. You know, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they're well, well, you know, because we have our military now. You know, we have the, the uh, Lori Piestua, and, and they said, you know, the Popovi name came up. And I was thinking of Popovi Day, you know, um, Maria Martinez's right. son, you know. So, right. and also, you know, the the Tewa went to Hopi during the Pueblo Revolt. So maybe that's probably where that uh, Popovi came from. Could be, could be, Michael. Thank you so much for that comment. We've got another caller, Melvin in Santee, Nebraska. He's listening on KZLK. Melvin, you're on Native America Calling. Well, uh, I'm right now in the hospital with my leg amputated, and um, just yesterday. But what we're going to do is they're putting me in this rehab hospital to, I think, uh, preparing it to military wounds and the history of military wounds is really something because a lot of those uh, preparing it to the north and the south they shot themselves and knocked their leg leg off and uh, okay Melvin um, yeah Melvin I'm sorry Melvin I I hate to interrupt you I really do but did did you have a comment about wrestling because that's the focus of our show today well, what I was going to say was, you know, a lot of these wrestlers that were pro, too, you uh-huh. know, like uh, uh, Billy, uh, I forgot his name, Red Cloud, and those oh, yeah, guys yeah. were my wrestling guys. Right, you know, right. Recent ones, like Tatanka, he wrestled right. pro. Right. And those okay. guys, they never always turned out, you know, we were kind of good guys for a while, but then we turned bad guys. Yeah, you know, yeah. Basically. Okay. Melvin, so was, I, I, I thank you so much for those comments, and, and you mentioned pro wrestling. And I want to bring our, our next guest into the conversation. Uh, Seth Duckworth, he is our wrestling reporter. And and Seth, I know that there's a lot of confusion sometimes between amateur wrestling, what we're talking about today, and pro wrestling, like what you see on television, WWE, and stuff like that. So uh, could you just give us kind of a brief uh, explanation of why these two sports are, why, why it's just so different between the two? Yeah, um, I, you know, I think professional wrestling, as they call it, versus you know, the, the sport, the focus of the show is on, which is amateur wrestling is, uh, you know, there, there is, I think it's an angle and, um, I, the, some guys I'll probably talk about here a little bit later, which is the Briscoe brothers, which are uh, a couple of Chickasaw guys that, uh, wrestled at Oklahoma state. And actually the first ever native American, uh, NCAA champion was Jack Briscoe, um, back in the sixties. And he went on to the hall of fame career in the WWE. W.E. and uh, him and his brother Jerry are both uh, members of the Jigsaw Hall of Fame now and uh, about every other Hall of Fame you could ever imagine. They're, they're pretty uh, successful guys in what they've done. But, but there's kind of just a, a break. But, uh, but that's – it is 
Okay. <laughs> You're Okay, I uh, just think I just lost you there, Seth. So, uh, yeah, but it's interesting to note that there is that overlap there between a little bit of overlap. Sometimes amateur wrestlers go on to, to wrestle in the, the pro ranks. I know Kurt Angle did it. He was an Olympic champion. Zach, I want to bring you back into the conversation. Zach, what do you like What do you like best about wrestling? Um, you know, um, Coach Branch uh, talked about it a little bit, but, you know, it's just uh, it's made for everybody. Um you know, I'm a, I have a smaller stature. Um, I'm a lot shorter than most other kids uh, my age, and it's always been like that. So um, even though I've um, somewhat excelled in most in the other sports I've done, uh, you know, I've always been smaller, and as you get older, that uh, becomes a disadvantage like in football. Uh, but, you know, in wrestling, it it's, it's not a disadvantage. You can work to your advantage, um, different styles and stuff. Uh, my frame works very well with my style, and um, – uh, and you know, that's something I've really appreciated about the sport is, um, you, you know, it's for everybody. Now you mentioned football. I know you're also an outstanding football player. And I saw a video of you, uh, doing what looked like an Olympic style weightlifting feat right there on the 50 yard line of the field there at your high school. And you had all your teammates standing around cheering you on. Everybody was like super amped up and holy cow, Zach, all the plates on that barbell. How much was that lift? Uh, it was a 300 pound clean. <laughs> well, I guess if you ever want to, you know, try something other than wrestling and football, you could have a career as an Olympic weightlifter. Holy cow, that was a lot of a lot of weight. Um, I want to, Seth. I'm going to ask you. Um, you know, one thing we've talked about earlier is wrestling isn't necessarily as popular as sports like football and basketball. And Seth, why do you think that is? Seth, are you there? People that. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Seth. I'm sorry, loud and clear. I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I, I think the biggest, uh, the, the, you know, there's probably, there's overall more participants in, in football and basketball, just, you know, at a younger age, and then there is wrestling. And when you develop that understanding of the sports at, at the younger age, it becomes a little bit more interesting to you. And, uh, you know, most wrestling fans, I would say, are either former wrestlers or they were you know, the brother or sister or uh, parent, aunt, uncle, grandpa, whatever, of, uh, of a person that wrestles. So they've got a good understanding of the sport. They see the sport. They, they know the rules. They know the scoring. They know, you know, the people within the sport to some extent. And uh, and that makes it more intriguing to them and, and, and pulls people in and kind of creates fans. And I, th- I think that, you know, the wrestling just quite doesn't quite have the understanding that I, I think some of the other – popular more popular sports are and even though it's growing in, in popularity and, and, and is trending in a good direction right now it's just it's just there's a lack of understanding of, of scoring and, and you know simplicity of the rules and everything and, and as people develop that that's how they become fans but Seth what do you think is is driving um the increasing popularity of women's wrestling um I you know it, it's kind of a unique thing that um how we've seen it play out for a little while it was wrestling was viewed almost women's wrestling was viewed almost adversarially i guess would be the word i'd use to a lot of 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 wrestling people they kind of didn't want to embrace it and and let it in and and everything else but i think there's just been kind of a societal change in the sport where they've seen hey you know these 
these girls can do it. It it, it teaches, you know, I, you had a call, the caller earlier that mentioned how he kind of was kept out of gangs and different things like that but by, uh, by wrestling. And I think that's the great thing about the sport is what it does for people and what it teaches the discipline it teaches them and, and how, you know, you see it save people's lives a lot of the time. I think there's a lot of coaches and a lot of administrators at schools and a lot of parents and everything else that see – women's wrestling as, a, as an outlet for their, their children and, and for, you know, their, their students, if they're teachers or whatever the case may be. And they're seeing that, you know, that they, all those same great things that come from, for men's wrestling and, and, and teaching kids lessons and different things like that apply to women just the same. And so it, it's really just kind of blowing up and it, it's amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Zach, what, what what advice would you give to to a young person, boy or girl, interested in wrestling, never wrestled before, maybe doesn't have a brother or sister that wrestles? What what advice do you give them? Um, you you know, like I like I uh, talked about earlier, it's a sport for everybody. Um, don't think that you're too big or small for it. Um, you know, you can find a style that fits your body and you can excel in it if you uh, work hard. And uh, that's another thing is just working hard. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I, you know, was complacent with uh, how I did each year. Uh, you always got to strive to be better. Um, and yeah, I mean, just work hard. Zach, do you see promoting the sport of wrestling, especially among native people? Do you think that's, do you see that as a role of yours in addition to competing? Um, yes, I do. Um, you know the Cherokee and Navajo people have always have uh, always have been and are very resilient and um, strong warriors, and I you know I kind of want to be a, a positive symbol of that, um, uh, and get as many people, especially in Oklahoma, with a large Native American uh, population. Um, you know, just let them know. That, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what race you are; uh, you can get into the sport. Um, yeah. Now, Zach, another accomplishment I want to commend you on is is your academic success. And you have, I, I think you have like a 4.7 GPA. And I'm just curious, how do you do it all? I mean, you're an elite high school athlete, straight A's in the classroom. How do you balance so many competing priorities? Um, you know, academics have always uh, uh, taken precedence in my house. Uh, my, my mom and dad have um, done a great job with, uh, you know, making sure we're keeping up with our um, – uh, academics as well as our athletics, um, and I, I've tried to do my best to uh, push myself in school, uh, like taking the the harder classes and um, staying involved with our school. I I, I ran for president uh, this year for senior class president, and I got that, and you know m- my parents encouraged it. Uh, so yeah, it's just uh, making my parents have uh, had a huge influence over uh, you know me doing good in school and sports so well zach i i want to let you know that indian country we're really happy for you we're happy for your family and we're pulling for you and i I was so thrilled when i first read about you a native american nationally ranked high school wrestler and i wish you nothing but success moving forward as as you go on to that next level there at oklahoma state and uh once you get settled in there at osu and you get some college matches under your belt will you come back and visit us oh for sure all right. Thank you so much. Seth, um, other awesome native wrestlers from the state of Oklahoma. Can you fill us in? 
and like kind of like Zach mentioned, you got a lot of tribes here in Oklahoma, so and and wrestling has been a a, a staple in Oklahoma for a hundred years. You know, Oklahoma State, uh, University of Oklahoma, both have had won numerous national titles, had countless All Americans, and so on and so forth. But kind of the, it, to run down the the, the history in five minutes as quick as I can, you you've had uh, Cliff Keen, which is kind of He's, uh, I believe, he's a uh, Comanche. Um, he was back in the 1920s. He was kind of one of the first, you know, native wrestlers to really make a name for himself um, in the sport. And and his name right now, it's actually still pretty synonymous with wrestling. He wrestled at Oklahoma State, went on to Michigan, was the head coach there for a long time, and actually developed a bunch of equipment for wrestling, like headgear, and, and he's credited with a lot of things like that. Um, as far as, you know, basically making that a thing um, in the sport. And uh, his name kind of still, uh, that, that that clothing brand okay. and wrestling apparel brand. Is... I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you here just for a second because Cliff Keen, that name, okay, that resonates with me because I, I did spend a, a good deal of my childhood in, in Michigan, in Ann Arbor. So I know Cliff Keen, his family, and actually was, was in school. I was a classmate of his grandson's. In first and second grade, believe it or not, Cliff Keen's grandson. And I, I had never heard that he was native before. And I never once remember his grandson ever referring to, communicating to me, relating to me as as another native person. So I find that interesting. But um, we, we do have about another minute before we got to wrap up. And I'm sorry, I said we don't have more time. But please fill us in on a few other native uh, standouts there in Oklahoma next minute or so. Okay. So, yeah, I kind of mentioned earlier, but the uh, first uh... – NCAA champion was uh, Jack Briscoe. He's a member of the Chickasaw Hall of Fame. He actually went on a pretty successful pro wrestling career and is a uh, WWE Hall of Famer as well. His brother, Gerald Briscoe, is also uh, pretty prominent in, in both those fields as well and is a scout that scouts amateur wrestlers uh, for the WWE now. Um, then you had Johnny Hendricks, uh, Mark Branch, who's, who's been on the show, was another one. He uh, first four, uh, was a four-time finalist and, and two-time champ. Uh, Johnny Hendricks, who uh, wrestled in Oklahoma State, he was uh, actually from uh, the Oto tribe, in, uh, which is which is really not too far from where Mark's from, um, just a little bit south of Ponca City. And um, he was two-time national champion at Oklahoma State, and then went on to a really successful UFC career. And you know, you see a lot of the MMA guys that uh, come from the sport of wrestling, and uh, Johnny was a, a UFC champion. And then uh, just last year, probably the, the most notable one that I, I guess we can talk about here is uh, was White Sheets. He's uh, his mom's a Cheryl Four Killer, and uh, he's kind of his dad, uh, Mike Sheets, is a he's a big legacy and big name in, in Oklahoma State wrestling. But he he was a right. came in as a 33 seed and became an All American at the NCAA tournament. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Uh, Seth, thank you for that rundown. Successful native wrestlers in and outside of the state of Oklahoma. And, and that's, we're going to have to wrap it up, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to thank my guests, Mark Branch, Kirk Barr, Zach Blankenship, and Seth Duckworth. Seth, excuse me, Seth Duckworth for introducing us to the awesome sport of amateur wrestling. We're back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the role of indigenous people and the role they play in farm work around the country. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. And until then, I'm Sean Spruce. Thank you for listening.
Are you a Native American healthcare provider, recovery counselor, social worker, domestic and sexual abuse advocate, or traditional healer working in Native American communities? Dr. Ruby Gibson will begin a seven-month advanced immersion in healing historical trauma. This online masterclass looks through the lens of a seven-generational recovery approach to provide powerful, proven modalities and is offered tuition-free to tribal members. Registration deadline is February 21st. Info at freedomlodge.org who support this show. Skuk das na da mupukam ari na ti ami chupe o ishonawa CMS ti wumta o uteki te kwumta wuhuje ku e mononha amo u oha ikstash amo hanye kamama kai pai chismachim o healthcare da ka am amaku kata kamako gigi sikor sikor kwai kamako gigi ka khutas humuk chut ida bamjet himak centers for medicare to medicate ha chipka Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davis. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. <laughs>